Sometimes we need to let the devil know this is a house of freedom. We can worship God. We're free. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Speak to our hearts today and minister to our spirits. In Jesus' name, amen. This is going to be the last. I got 20 minutes to preach. <laughs> uh, yes. What? 30 minutes? Oh, wonderful. <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Today I want to speak on the benefits of a soul winner. Somebody who loves to see people saved and brought into the kingdom. You know, people love to see others help. You know, they love to see people help other people, give them things and help them set up things. And they become heroes because they are helping people in the physical realm. That's the natural world. I've seen them on CNN. This fellow set up this type of uh, stuff to help this type of people. And, and then we all clap for them. But that ends right here. And the reward is temporary just right here. And they may celebrate you for a short season, but two years later, nobody remembers it anymore. And in heaven, they don't have any much record of that because it was done in the flesh and there is no reward. But for those who win souls for God, there is a great reward both here and up there in the presence of God. Now, for everyone who is born again, and many of you got forgiven today, you're born again. There is only one blessing that God has for you. And out of this blessing is born every other blessing. Just think about when God created Adam. After God created Adam, there was only one kind or type of blessing that God blessed Adam with. You remember? It says, and the Lord blessed Adam, saying, be fruitful and multiply. That's the blessing. That's the only blessing. God blessed them, Adam and Eve, saying, be fruitful and multiply. To be fruitful and to multiply is a blessing from God. And now we're not talking about physical multiplication. God, in every Christian, you have been blessed by God. If you are a born-again Christian, you have been blessed by God to be fruitful and to multiply. Produce fruit. That's what Jesus spoke of in John chapter 4, verse 36. He made it very clear. He who reaps, receives wages and gathers fruit. Unto eternal life. So be fruitful. That's what God wants. To bring people to God. To bring souls to the kingdom. That's God's primary job. One job. One way. One job. That's all the job. And God pays you for being interested in bringing people to him. And I said last week, when you are out there and you are trying to just share with people in the natural, guess God's waiting for you to bring this fellow to him. 
He spoke about Nat of Nathaniel. When Philip went to get Nathaniel, Nathaniel was under the fig tree. Jesus said, I saw you before Philip came to call you to bring you to me. He was paying close attention. When you set out to bring somebody to Christ, God's, you get God's full attention upon your life. I saw God, Jesus saw Philip going and saw Philip talking to Nathaniel because he knew his, the intentions of Philip's heart. We have to be deliberate about this. So God wants us to be fruitful and to multiply. He blesses those who are fruitful. Now in John uh, 15, verse 1 and 2, it says, I am the true vine, Jesus speaking. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, a lot of us want to think this is talking about the fruit of the spirit. No, the fruits of the spirit belong to the Holy Spirit. Your fruit, that's reproducing yourself as a born-again Christian. Everyone that's bearing fruit, God prunes. God enables so that they can bear more fruit. You can think about Billy Graham when he started. He was really little and, and something happened in California and God just put him all over the world. When you bear fruit, you receive more from God. It's not that God loves you more than anybody else. You are actually employed by him. You are doing his business. And so his attention is on you because you are doing his business. And he makes sure you have all the resources you need to get his work done. That's why I believe the Ark Fellowship will never be in want. We've never been in want from the day we started. We do whatever we want to do. And the money is always there. It's just, just the way God is. So he takes care of his own. The second thing, that's the first thing. The second thing is you, you get a great reward in heaven. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 36. He who reaps, you know, he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. That's, you are gathering fruit for your life over there when you get to heaven. So there is also an eternal reward. When you do this, your reward is great in heaven when you begin to gather fruit unto eternal life. Third thing, when you are a soul winner, the covenant force becomes evident. Unusual things begin to happen in your life. Things that cannot be explained begin to happen in your life. The covenant force, you see, when we come into Christianity, we become covenant people with God. That's why it's called the new covenant. And the new covenant has its power. The new covenant has a force behind it that can really launch you into orbit. The new covenant force. That covenant, Abraham had the same covenant, started once when after God called him, just like you were called, 
God called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. And by the time you get to Genesis chapter 13, Abraham was already a different man. He was very wealthy. He had his own army in his own home that he could train. They were trained army. And they could go out and fight another nation and defeat that nation from one home. That's the covenant force. David knew what the covenant force was like, the old covenant force. He was in battle constantly, but David never lost one single battle. He won every single battle, David did. The covenant force becomes evident in your life. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive what? Power. This is divine power from heaven. Jesus gives power and authority. Power and authority. He says, I give you authority. That's power. Authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. But this power is divine from God and it does things in your life. But notice why. It says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And what would you be? Witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, if you have the power and you're not using it, it's not evident in your life. The power becomes evident when you begin to do what the power was given to you to do. No doubt about it. If you step out and begin to do work for God, the power will be evident. I shared with our church here long ago, right after God called Angela and I to do, into the ministry, we decided I needed to go to Nigeria. We had nothing much. I remember somebody gave me about $600, remember Angela? And we went and I bought a video camera uh, because I knew I was going to see miracles. I had no doubt in my mind. I knew I was going to see miracles. So I figured if I didn't have that video camera, when I come back and I'm telling all these stories, people say, oh, really? <laughs> really? Do you have something we can see? Unbelieving believers, they have to see it. You know, they're like Thomas, you know, show us something. So I had to do that. I'm, I mean, I got, I got that video camera and I knew God was going to do something. So I went out from the very first meeting. I started seeing signs, miracles. Somebody that, was, that had been in an accident four years before, he had so much problem in his chest, God healed him. I saw blind eyes open. I saw the deaf op uh, ears open. And all kinds of testimonies. This was amazing. Uh, they were surprised, and I was surprised myself. What God was doing. I acted like I was the expert, but many times I was, oh my God, what you doing? <laughs> because God was there. When you step out for God, he shows up in a big way. And the covenant force becomes evident. I remember this little, uh, uh, little boy that was scheduled to be taken from Nigeria to, to uh, uh, London or so for, for a surgery on his bladder because everything just comes out. And they had to, he constantly had to wear something. Everything was ready, the ticket or whatever was ready. And in the meeting, God healed him. And then they started saying, Oh, he's a healing evangelist. And I'm saying, oh, who? Uh, who is the healing evangelist? Uh, where is he? 
But that's the way God works. The covenant force becomes evident. When you want to see God working in a mighty way in your life, start get, trying to get souls to the kingdom and see what God will do. It will not only do that, but he will continue to bless everything that's in your life. In Luke 9 verse 1 and 2, it says, Then he called his disciples, 12 disciples, and gave them power, that's one word, and authority over all demons. He gave them power and authority. Power and authority. Authority is like a, a policeman, you know? you know? You've seen a policeman? He puts on his little uniform and he goes uh, to a four-way uh, stop, you know, and all the cars are coming. And you can have, you know, even on the main highway, say 290, he can stand in the middle of the road with his uniform. If I go out to do that, <laughs> you will be flat when it comes. They won't stop for you. They won't stop. But as soon as they notice the uniform, Guess what? This 18-wheeler fellow says, that's a cop. And everybody's trying to stop for the, and they're wondering. All he has to do is, that's authority, amen? Because he's got the uniform, right? He's got the uniform. The state is standing behind him. And that's what you have. When you begin to go out, the authority you put on your uniform of authority and God's with you when you go out to win souls. Jesus said, nothing shall by any means hurt you. And, 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 but he also, they, we also empower them, the policemen. They also have their rifle, right? And they do this to that 18-wheeler and he says, that, who is that? And, and he keeps coming. Then he shows him his power. He points the rifle, and the guy said, oh, my God, I got it. That's the power. So he has both authority, and he has power. When you are born again, you receive the authority. Amen? That's your uniform. If any man is in Christ, he is a what? A new creature. That's your authority. And you can tell the devil, hey... And he knows to stop. So you are free to walk to anybody and witness to them. Because you got the authority to share with them. If you're only saying, I'm a cop, I'm a cop, but they never see you in the uniform and all of that. We don't even know if you're a cop or not. Amen. But being bold and sharing the gospel is a sign you got authority. But you also have the power. When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, it says, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That's your rifle. If the devil doesn't listen, pull your rifle out. You hear listen? That's why when I say, you know, I'm going out to preach, and they're saying those people are possessed, the devils are around, they are going to come and disturb your meeting and all of that. And so you better fast and pray. I said, why should I fast and pray? I got the rifle. Let them fast and beg. I got the power. But the power is never evident in your life. You will never truly experience God's power intimately in your life 
until you begin to share the gospel with people, I guarantee you. It's a real blessing to do it. God will shock you. I remember you, many of you saw Mama here the last time she was here from Georgia. They were not preachers. But I took them with me overseas to preach the gospel. And they bought their tickets. And, and they came. They wanted to be a part of winning souls. And guess what God was doing with them? At first, one of them said, Brother Goodluck, I've never done this before. So you show us how to heal the sick and all of that. And I told them, don't worry. You got your authority and you got your power. I'll show you what to do. When they're talking to you about their problems, act like you are a prince. And you're not, you can take care of any problem. Don't even listen to their stories of how many years I've been suffering this thing and I've been here. Act like you got everything in control even though you are crying inside God. What, am I, what is this? But act like you really know what you're doing. And as soon as they finish, just lay your hands on them. Tell them God's going to heal you now. And see what God does. They were doing it. And they were so excited. God's using them to cast out devils. Demons are speaking to them. And they can cast them out. Souls were being saved. People were being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then God was using them to heal the sick. And one of them actually prayed for a blind woman. And the blind woman saw. I saw them leading her in just like that. And I saw her walk out by herself. Prayed for by a church member. Not the pastor. Amen. I remember one instance. One of them was praying for casting out the devil. And people saw the manifestation. And everyone that thought I might have a demon, they lined up behind, uh, you know, in the line of this woman that was praying. And I was in another place talking, and I hadn't prayed for one person at that point. But they were all under me. I brought them in there and gave them from what God has given to me to, to minister. And um, they, I turned around after talking. I, I break on to the young man that was standing at the very back. I said, uh, you come over here for your deliverance. I'll pray for you. He said, no, I'm not coming to you. I'm staying with this woman. She has the power. <laughs> because God was using her. And I was busy talking. Meanwhile, I'd given all the instructions and all of that. All he saw me doing was giving instructions and talking. He didn't know me from Adam. Now I'm calling him to put his life in my hand. He has seen this lady casting out devils and they were free, running happy. And he told me no. I said, come on. He says, no. no." Mm -mm. And I kept calling him. He looked the other way. So he, I, I won't call him anymore. I started laughing. I said, this is, I love this. This is what the gospel is about. Amen. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Don't ever diminish God's word. If he said it to you, you can do it. You have the power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and nothing shall by any means hurt you. There is also the power that comes with that. The power to get wealth. Amen. The power to get wealth. Remember what the Bible says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. He says, don't concern yourself. Take no thought about the moral. Don't worry about those things. Don't worry about what you're going to wear or where you're going to stay. 
How are you going to pay your bills? He says, don't even concern yourself about those things. He said, he's not saying for you all to ask stupidly. He's saying, basically, turn your heart mainly to the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God wants us to do. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What You already have his righteousness. But seek to bring more people to the knowledge of God's righteousness. If you seek to bring more people to God's righteousness, then it says all these things that they seek, all these things that you need, God will meet them. He'll take care of you. He will take care of you. God said in Isaiah, will a man forget his suckling, a woman forget his suckling child? He said, they may forget, but I will never forget. God will never forget you when you're doing his work. So he gives us the power to get wealth. And in, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, I'm going to tell you why this is so important. The power to get wealth goes with preaching the gospel. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All of these things will be added to you. Why? Because you are seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness. God's going to give those things to you. It says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this very day. Notice he's talking about the covenant and we're talking about the covenant force being evident when you step out to preach the gospel, the covenant force being evident in your life because every time anyone gets saved, the covenant is established in that very life. So God says, I will give you the power to get wealth. Because I want to establish my covenant through you, with you. I'm going to give you the power to get wealth. And, and please don't discount that because people say, well, I don't want to be wealthy. Selfish. It's not about you. It's about the kingdom of God. <laughs> it's not about you. He'll take care of you. But he wants you to have over and above so that you can give to those who are in need. That's what this is all about. He wants to bless you. In Zechariah chapter 1 verse 17, it says, Again, proclaim. Proclaim it again. You've proclaimed it before, but I want you to proclaim it again. Thus says the Lord of hosts. This is God who has the armies of heaven. God is saying, I want you to say this again. Proclaim it. Shout it out. My cities shall again spread out. How? Through prosperity. Through prosperity. You think God wants to spread out Washington, D.C.? Is that his city? No, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's the city. Bringing more people into the kingdom of God. And God says, I'm going to spread it out. And as you step out to spread it, I'll put prosperity. That's the power to get wealth so that the kingdom of God is spread out. My cities shall again spread out. Proclaim it through prosperity. God says you cannot serve him and be in one. You see, Jesus doesn't have hands and feet. He's up there in heaven. We're here for him. And we are serving him. And when we serve him, his thing is to win the souls. He says, this is my, this is the will, my meat, my food. To do the father's will and to finish his work. 
And so when we're helping him, the Bible calls us co-laborers with Jesus Christ. He is the boss and we are working for him. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit into eternal life. The wages part of it is wealth in your hand right here on the earth. He leads you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's there with you. He prepares a table before you. You can imagine when God decides he's going to spread a table for you. What goodies will be on that table? You eat and you won't know what to do with yourself. That's the God that we serve. You can read in, in, in Deuteronomy 18, uh, chapter 8. God says, when you have built houses, not if you build houses. Today, if you build a house, people say, oh, he's building too many houses. He may be forgetting God. No, God says, I want you to build houses. God says, as you do that, as I'm blessing you, don't forget me. Always remember the work of God. Always remember the work of God. God wants you to be blessed. The Lord will again comfort Zion. You know what that Zion means? The church. If we are doing what God called us to do, God's going to comfort. You know how God comforts? He said it before, through prosperity. Amen? He will comfort the church. As the church is spreading out, God will comfort the church. And that's what happens in your life. If you do the work of God, he will again choose Jerusalem. Now, if you are wise, really, you will win souls. I'm going to tie this together. When you are really wise, if you really understand God and why God blesses people, God is always like, show me. If you do this, I'll do this. That's the way God is. If you do this, I'll do this. And he's a respecter of no one. If a child does it, he, do he blesses the child. If an old man does the same, he blesses the old man just like the child. He blesses everybody equally. If you're wise, you win souls. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, he says, Anyone, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. So when you hear God's word and you practice it, God says you're smart, you're wise. And if you don't do it, you're not wise. That's what that means. But Proverbs 11, verse 30 says this. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he who wins souls is what? Wise. You built your house on the rock. If you win souls, you're wise. If you make that a passion for your life, you are wise. You're wise. Daniel 12, verse 3. Those who are wise shall what? Shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Brightness of the firmament Forever and ever, stars, forever and ever. We'll talk about stars on the earth, right? If you win souls on this earth, you will shine. That's your revealing. God reveals you to the world. 
God said, I never told, I never said to the children of Jacob, serve the Lord in vain. In other words, you work for God, he's going to pay you. He who reaps receives wages. And your family is going to be blessed. People want to be stars on the earth. But God's saying, if you win souls, I will make you a star forever and ever. You will be a star forever and ever. You will shine like the firmament right here on earth. But when it's all over, God makes you a star forever and ever. If you are wise, you will win souls. Those who are wise will shine. But God had already told us in his word, he who wins souls is wise. And if you are wise, you will shine like the brightness of the firmament, just as bright as daylight. If you go out, how bright God says, you will be light of the world. Amen? A showcase for people to look and say, see what God's doing. And nobody can bring you down. Have you seen people who are wealthy? Some of them, today they are wealthy. They're doing well. And then a few days later, 10 years later, everything is gone. And they're struggling. I've seen that happen. Up and down. Up and down. Struggling through life. But the Bible says, when God gives you riches, he doesn't add sorrow to it. And it's even. Nobody can bring, take it away from you because he gave it to you. When God gives you, nobody can take it from you. If man makes you, man will take it away from you if you don't please them. But when God has given it to you, whether they are happy with it or not, nobody's touching it. He stays with you. That's the kind of blessing I want. Amen? When you win souls, God blesses you. And I've seen that God's happening. That's happening in our home. I believe I've told Angela, and I've said it here, the Lord is my shepherd. My family will never know want. And I said it on Wednesday. Because of that, I have been asking the Lord for my children. Because that's how God deals with it. God bless Abraham. And then later, I, I, it seemed like Isaac had to start on his own. In Gerah, Isaac was on his own. And the Lord said to him, stay here. I was, the, I was the God of your father Abraham. Now I'm the God of Isaac. You stay here in this land where there is famine. And it says, Abraham, uh, Isaac stayed in that land. Genesis 20 says, Isaac stayed in that land. Listen to what God has to say. He sowed. Are you sowing in the lives of people? He sowed and in that same year, he reaped a hundredfold. And it says, and the man began to prosper. And continued to prosper. Until he became very prosperous. And the Philistines envied him. When you sow in the kingdom of God, you will become the envy of those around you. Because God will make that happen. But then Jacob had to go through his own. And I said to the congregation, I'm praying to the Lord and I believe God's going to do this. None of my children will ever call the other one. Please send me $5,000. I can't pay my bills. It's never going to happen. It won't happen. All of them will be wealthy. Omar, just rest. Amen. Yes, it's the truth. Because God said, I will bless you and your children even to the 10th generation. 
And God cannot lie. I have the same covenant that Abraham had. Abraham is not here anymore. We call him the God of Abraham. But today, he is the God of good luck. Amen. He is my God. And he's your God. He's your God. And if you do what is right in your hand, it's in his sight. He said he will bless you and your children. He will train them even to the 10th generation. That's why I believe. I'm not good. I'm praying and I'm going to establish that before God because God says anything that you commit to him, he's able to keep until that day. And I'm committing it to my father right now before I pass on if Jesus tarries as they follow you, God, let no one of them call the other, please help me. They are loaded. Amen. Because God is faithful to his word. If you are faithful to him. I believe that with all of my heart. And I want you to believe the same. But let's go working for our God. Amen. Amen. My time is up. Now, stand up. <laughs> There's freedom in the house of God. Now, this morning, if you're sick in the body, please put your hand where, you, where you're hurting. God's going to heal you right now. If you're sick in the body, please put, place your hand where you're hurting. I remember praying. I had some tooth pain somewhere and usually you take medicine but this day I was tired so I, I don't want anything I put my finger there and it was an amazing thing in a short first few seconds the pain was gone and God can do that he's so good why don't you put your hand where you're hurting this morning and watch God heal you father God I thank you for the authority that you've given us that you've given me according to your word that cannot lie that's the truth I have power and authority over every sickness and over every disease, don't matter what they call it. I have power over it in the name of Jesus. And right now I bind every spirit of infirmity by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Satan, I cut off your assignment right now by the power of the Holy Spirit and I command healing upon God's people right now. Be healed in your body right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I know it is done. I believe you've touched your people because I know you're right here with us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you were sick, can you check yourself? Check yourself. Whatever that pain is, whatever it is, check yourself. Do what you couldn't do before. Amen. How many believe God has healed you? Can I see your hand? God healed you this morning. The pain is not there. It's not there anymore. That should not be a surprising thing to us. Healing is the children's bread. Do you remember that? <laughs> it's your bread. And God will not withhold that from you. It's your bread. You ought to receive your healing. And if you're still feeling the pain, you will certainly recover. No one can kill you until your father is ready to receive you back home. Amen? No accident. Nothing can take your life. Until you, you are ready to go home. He'll satisfy you with long life. Let's put our hands up to the Lord this morning. Tell him, God, I believe your word. Tell him, I'm in love with your word. Thank you, Jesus. Speak to my spirit. Speak to me. Your servant will listen. Speak to me, oh God. Your servant will listen. I am ready to hear from you. I will obey you. By your grace. In Jesus name. 
Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.